LA Clippers training camp is underway, and there have been three big themes, in my opinion, that have really stood out from everything that we've been hearing from media day all the way to these early training camp interviews, and I'm going to be talking about what those three themes are on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Viziri, born and raised in L.A. and going into my 19th season as a Clipper fan, which is about to begin very shortly. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimedropperPod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more L.A. sports and NBA content and Locked on Clippers free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, where I want you to let me know which one of the three themes that we have been hearing about in training camp and media day, which one is the most important to you? Is it the defense? Because there's been a lot of emphasis in terms of defense when it comes to what the players and Ty Lue have been saying. Then there's pace. And our good number zero, Russell Westbrook, seems to be leading the conversation there. And then, of course, maybe the most important one of all, the thing that's been repeated over and over again in regards to the Clippers by everyone, fans, media, and especially from the players and coaching staff themselves, health. And that goes with the seriousness of the regular season. Let's get into it. Starting with defense is the first category I've chosen to look after or look at. We were not a very good defensive team last year. Everyone loves to say, oh, the Clippers have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, two of the best two-way players in basketball. So they, you know, are going to be a great defensive team. But here's the thing. When those two guys are being preserved by not guarding the best players on a nightly basis, then your guards or whoever you have at the four spot, since they've been playing at the two and the three, whoever you've got at those positions is going to have to guard the elite player on the other end. Not if it's a Zubats, obviously. So sometimes it'll be Paul George, but here's the thing. When we concede switches one through four and then we only play the pick and roll straight up with Zubats and we put them in drop coverage, they can kind of set the screen on whoever they want to switch on to their best player and then they'll run the pick and roll with their big and put Zoo in the pick and roll with whoever our worst point of attack defender is. So when Kawhi is guarding... Let's say he's guarding, let's say our starting lineup in the first game is the same one we started with last year uh, when we first got Russ. Russ, Paul George, Kawhi, Marcus Morris, and Zoo. Let's just say it is for this exercise. What the Portland Trailblazers would do is they would try to get Marcus Morris switched on to Scoot Henderson. Let's say Kawhi Leonard's guarding Scoot, and they're like, you know what? Come set the screen. Whoever Marcus Morris is guarding, come set the screen. We switch. Now Scoot Henderson says, oh, come on, Aiton, come set the screen for me. Now it's going to be Morris and Zubats guarding that pick and roll, and now Morris is guarding the point of attack. 
So that's what teams did to us often. And when Kawhi and Paul are just going to switch because that's the scheme, it's not even like they're really guarding the best players anymore because if you're really guarding the best player, you're not switching that easily, you know, unless it's a really good person to switch with. You're sticking onto them. You're fighting over every screen, just like we saw Kawhi do to Luka in game six and seven of our first round series against them that we won. That was when, when you see Kawhi not switching on any screens, that's when you know he's really been told you're guarding him. You're not letting him out of your sight type. That is not what we need from them throughout the regular season. That's not what's smartest for them throughout the regular season. And because of that very factor that you're two wings and we don't have a lockdown guy at the four, Nico Batum is pretty good though, and but he wasn't starting last year. That hurts our point of attack defense. And that is part of why we haven't been a great defensive team or why we weren't a great defensive team last year. We were 18th in defensive rating. The previous year we were 8th. 2021 we were 8th. So we were pretty good those two first two years with Ty Lue, But it really feels like we haven't been a great defensive team with him at any point as our coach. And I've been saying on this show and on my show that Ty Lue sees the game with an offense first lens as a coach. But I really like what he's been saying in training camp. And we have to remember that Ty Lue just because he's coached at a very, very high level, at the highest level, won a championship, doesn't mean he's the most experienced coach in the world. He coached the Cavaliers for three seasons, really. He got fired four games in to that final 2018-19 season. So he really had three, if we're being real, two full seasons because he took over midway through the 2015-16 season that they won. So you say two and a half seasons and then he's been a head coach with the Clippers for three seasons. So this is going to be his seventh full season as a coach. If that, it's really his sixth full season as a coach that he has a training camp and is finishing it. So, and I think he'll finish it. I hope he does. That That's in, the ball's in his court there. But he's still learning things as well, right? He's still evolving as a coach himself. It's not just players who evolve. Coaches can evolve. And I think maybe he realized, and this is just me speculating. This is no proof. This is just me inferring from what he's been saying at media day. And now in, when he's been asked questions by the media at training camp, he has been emphasizing defense a lot more than he normally does. And he's been talking about how we need to really get back to guarding better at the point of attack, being more connected defensively, being more alert on a nightly basis. That goes back to taking the regular season seriously. That comment, we'll talk about that one later. And he's just saying staying in front, our man-to-man defense has to be better. Well, you know who the biggest controller of that is? More than anything, it's not even the players. Because I think the players did what they were, you know, the players, besides obviously Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson, who just kind of fell off a cliff, everyone else kind of played to their capabilities when they were playing. But Ty Lue didn't play lineups that optimized defense. Three guard lineups, three guys 6-4 and under, and early in the season with no center behind them. So he'd play Robert Covington and Nico Batum at the 4 and the 5, and then John Wall, Luke Kennard, Norman Powell together. I mean, that's just going to get crushed. You You have one guy that's great at staying in front of the ball, and that's Nico Batum. Robert Covington's a good help defender, and the other three are average defenders at best. And that's being kind of generous. And he would do that. And throughout the season, we saw those three-guard lineups that were so dreaded eventually kind of went away from it when Reggie Jackson got dropped from the rotation. People, when they consider Terrence Mann a guard, 
and they put him in there, then okay, we'll do three. We're going to see a lot of three guard lineups this season, I think. But I see Terrence Mann as more of a wing. He's got really long arms. He's strong. Uh, and he's, and he's uh, got athleticism. He's got bounce. So in today's game, especially in a small ball era, I see him as more of a wing, and he plays more like a wing too, in my opinion, than a shooting guard or a point guard. But Ty Lue, it's all in his court, in my opinion. If he plays Terrence Mann 28-plus minutes, plays Rocco instead of Morris, and puts Morris in the Rocco role, which is whenever we're very shorthanded, then you'll get your run. Because that's really what we need is, if we need senior, the only role we need him in is in the game's that we don't have Kawhi Leonard or Paul George or maybe both. I hope there's game. There's not that many games this season where we're missing both. We've become all too accustomed to that, and I don't want to see that, hopefully. So crossing my fingers that we have, if we have one of them out, we do not have both of them out. Marcus Morris, I want to actually mention something real quick. He apologized for his comments made on threads and said he was emotional at the time. I accept his apology, of course. Let's just see with Marcus Morris. I personally, you know, I see some fans saying, I hope he plays well. No, I disagree. I hope he doesn't play at all, except for when we're very shorthanded because it's not even that that's me being a hater and I hate Marcus Morris. It's that he's peaked as a player. There's no way he's going to get any better. Is he going to revert back to the 2022 self for the course of a full season? I don't believe so. If he proves me wrong, fine. But I think we don't need what he's good at. Even if he is the better version of himself, we don't need what he's good at when Kawhi and Paul are healthy. Robert Covington being more of an off-ball player, a slasher cutter off the ball, and a guy that's great defensively in help. He may not be a great on-ball defender, but Marcus Morris is great at neither at this stage of his career. He would complement the team more. And that leads me into my next category. And before I go into it, Kawhi Leonard and Ty Lue both said top five in defense on numerous occasions. A couple of ways we do that. Morris out of the rotation, more Robert Covington, Terrence playing 28 plus minutes, and Kawhi and Paul George playing more of the force. We have a lot more size. I'm sorry, not more size, but more switchable length. And people are like, oh, are you going to rebound or this and that? Look, if you keep guys out of the paint and you play good on-ball defense, everything will become easier. Zoo won't have to step up as much. He can stay in position to box out and more people won't have to overhelp, which keeps defenses in place. And I think it all starts with defense. And if we can be a top five defense, I mean, that starts with health and the three things I said. But if we can be a top defensive team, then that will really help out with another area that the team has been emphasizing that we have not excelled in by any means in the 213 era, and that's playing at a faster pace. Gonna be talking about all things said about that coming up. I gotta tell you a little something about FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you wanna snap into action, on this NFL season, you should do it with America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. The NFL season is in full swing. The MLB playoffs are in full swing, so there's no better time to bet than now. Dodgers, Diamondbacks, y'all better be betting on the Dodgers, Dodger fans. And the Rams and the Chargers. Some big wins this past weekend. Chargers beating the Raiders. Rams beating the 
Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis. LA doing all right so far. And if you want to bet on those teams, you got to go to FanDuel. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more if you don't want to just bet on the game. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right. So something else that's been really emphasized so far, and Russell Westbrook has been leading the charge in terms of talking about this. Ty Lue's been backing him up on it. We want to run more this year. We want to play at a faster pace. And Russell Westbrook is the main catalyst for that. We brought him in. Initially, we brought John Wallen to try to speed our pace up because we felt like we did not play fast enough. We were playing too much half-court basketball with the defense set. We weren't getting enough easy baskets. Now, part of that is because our two best players are over 30 years old. In Kawhi's case, he doesn't really run much. And San Antonio never played too fast pace of an offense. So, you know, Kawhi is just an amazing half-court player. Not to say that he's bad in transition, but he's a fantastic half-court player, and you won't really see Kawhi booking a full sprint all the time. Paul George, I think better in transition, but again, sometimes he slows it down and wants to play in a little bit slower. Russell Westbrook has always been better playing fast. He really increased our pace, and I thought it did help us get some easy baskets. And a guy that is amazing in transition, that wants to play at that pace, is Terrence Mann. He's a great finisher around the rim. He has that one-two big step, go into the shoulder of someone, or put his shoulder into the chest of someone, I should say, and go up strong with his right hand. He has that strong drive left where he literally just lowers his shoulder like a running back, creates a little separation, sometimes throws a little Euro step in there to finish. So he's got that great finishing ability. He can finish above the rim. And now it's not just about Terrence Mann and Russ. It's about three other guys that are coming off the bench that I think want to play fast. Bones Highland, Mason Plumley, and KJ Martin. Let's start with Bones Highland. I thought that having him and Westbrook out there together wouldn't be very good. Not because I don't think Bones can play off the ball. I think Bones is a solid catch-and-shoot player, and I want him getting some catch-and-shoot looks. But you don't want Bones only being a catch-and-shoot player, which is one of my fears if we had gotten Drew Holiday or get James Harden, of course, is that Bones now is really not as good of a ball handler as these guys. So now he's going to have to play exclusively off the ball except for one or two possessions maybe where he gets to work. I don't really like that. I want him to develop, and I think he really wants to play with pace. He's really fast with the ball in his hands, and I think we can use that. We can use that with Terrence running the break. We can use that even when he's out there with Russ. There might be times where Ty Lue plays Bones and Russ together. Now, if he does that, I hope he doesn't play Norman Powell as that third guy. I still want some size in there. But Russ and Bones is not a bad combo. They're both fantastic passers, probably the two best passers on the team. And I've seen some crazy dimes from Bones in some of the – runs that the Clippers are posting on their social media pages, some absolute dimes. I'm going to be talking more about that on the Saturday episode, but he wants to play fast, and I think he likes playing fast. KJ Martin is another one who we specifically got to play more of an up-tempo style. He can run and gun. He's young. He can play above the rim. I could just see Russ and him on a break with Russ throwing a lob. We get a little lob city energy back into the crowd, pumps everybody up. Maybe Terrence Mann to him or Russ to Terrence Mann or Bones to KJ Martin. I think getting out in transition because KJ is not a great shooter, doesn't really create for himself, 
would maximize his skill set to play faster. And defense leads to good offense. I've always said when the Clippers are locked in defensively, it will start the transition game easier for them. And now with Westbrook, we have a guy that can really go from 0 to 100 real quick. Bones Highland, a guy that's really fast with the ball. And I think it'll encourage guys like Paul George to run more. Someone like Norman Powell to run more, who's amazing with a full head of steam. He might get easy baskets in transition as well. So I think, honestly, outside of like Zubats and Kawhi, and you can argue Paul George because of his age, and you can also say Rocco and Nico, not counting Morris in this, like basically half our rotation wants to play fast. Half of it is more of a half-court offense kind of thing. But now it's 50-50. And every single tweet I've seen from a beat writer or somebody that's watching training camp right now, even Brian Seaman's been tweeting about it, he's saying a lot of running, a lot of conditioning, which tells me that the Clippers want to play with more pace. And Ty Lue, you know, there was the Russ comment of, we're going to run this year, I'm going to run this year, and I love his assertiveness there. But Ty Lue said a couple of things that I found interesting about the pace. One, our transition offense. Having guys run to the deep corner instead of stopping on the wing because when you go to the deep corner, it's a long, the, the opposing team getting back has to hustle hard to get to that deep corner. If you stop short on the wing, it's not as much distance for them to run back. And a lot of times when you're bringing the ball up the middle, if you're running the fast break and you kick it to the wing, you're kind of throwing it behind you, right? Because your momentum is taking you downhill. Passes in your line of vision to the corner where, yeah, you might have to put a little backhand on that thing if you're going right and kicking it to your right corner. But you really got to throw it basically behind your back at the backhand if you're throwing it to the wing. It's a lot easier for people in their line of vision. So that's just little things he was talking about. Transition offense and then transition defense. We were very poor last season getting back. A slow team. We need to really book it down the court. And that starts with me with our big three, with Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George. I have confidence that Kawhi Leonard will get back on defense, no problem. Westbrook and Paul George, they need to be sharp. They need to be hustling. They need to be on it every game. And, you know, obviously there's going to be games that they are lazy, especially Russ on defense, I think. But we just need almost every night, you know, the expectation should be you're going to play hard on both ends of the floor because I really don't think we need Russ to do too much hard work offensively. I think we need him to set the table, bring it up, attack here and there, set some screens, move without the ball when the defense is leaving you and staring at everyone else, maybe get some offensive boards. But we don't need him to do all this isolation stuff, take a bunch of shots, work super hard for his shots, run a ton of pick and rolls. We don't really need all that. We have a lot of offensive firepower, in my opinion. Kawhi, Paul George, Norman Powell, Bones Highland. And then we have Russ still. And if you really want more creation, you can bring Marcus Morris in, maybe Brandon Boston, Kobe Brown. But I think if you want to play at a faster pace, defense is very important. You create turnovers, you get stops, you push pace with guys that can do it. And we have guys that can do it more now. But coming up, this team all depends on the health of of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And coming up, going to be talking about what Paul George said for Media Day because I did not get into that on the last episode, including him clarifying the seriousness in the regular season comments. Find out what he said about that coming up. I got to tell you a little something about bird dogs. Bird dogs are the best legwear on the market right now. Not only do they make you look absolutely fit, good, they make 
stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, which give you that sculpted look. And Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they are a way better fit. And they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton because they fix that restricting issue by inventing a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit and don't have to sacrifice movement so if you really wanted to still play sports maybe go for a little jog or maybe even go for a walk doesn't matter you still have that movement with bird dogs and you want to talk about smelling bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long they're perfect for just about any occasion Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA or enter promo code LockedOnNBA at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. Woo! 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 All right. So, Paul George, media day. Thought he said some interesting things. Looked pretty focused. I think it's interesting because this Clipper team, we went into last regular season with such confidence that just having Kawhi healthy and and our team healthy, we were going to take the league by storm. And I think we really got humbled. And then a bunch of injuries piled up. And it was just a complete storm of trash that hit us that ended up being the 2022-23 Clippers season. But it feels like the team got humbled. And the reason why I say that is just the look in their eye and when they're answering questions, so much is about their health. Like, look, Kawhi was right. A lot of the injuries that we sustained last season, Kawhi sprained ankle. Kawhi, I don't know against Phoenix. I'm, that's still a mystery. But Paul George against Lou Dort. A lot of these were just freak accidents. Kawhi said it, just tripping over somebody. Just things that happened playing the game. So a lot of it is just bad luck. But the fact that Paul George was so adamant about staying healthy, it's our job to stay healthy. And when we talk about contract extensions, it's very clear that the front office is kind of laid out. You guys got to stay healthy and then we can talk extensions. And it seems like Paul George realizes that. So he knows that whatever he can do to try to prevent injury that he knows about, he's going to try to do. Whether that actually happens or whether what he's doing is the right thing, that's for more advanced qualified professionals than I But let's just say that the NBA players these days don't have the best reputation when it comes to injury prevention. And there's been professionals that have spoken out about this. But again, I think that has more to do with the way their bodies have come up in the youth circuit more so than anything NBA trainers and personnel and staff are doing. But anyway, Paul George just seems so adamant about the health thing, right? About that he's going to try to do everything in his power, he and Kawhi, to stay healthy. I honestly feel for the guys because they really are getting injured. And they feel as though they've completely failed in their jobs because without them, it's nothing and and we have no chance of winning anything. So I like that sense of urgency. I really do. And then he was asked about the taking the regular season seriously thing. And I like how he's like, I don't really like that. You know, we do take the regular season serious. You know, we try our best. But then he went on and listed a bunch of reasons of what they need to do better. And it made it sound like they didn't take the regular season that seriously last year. So I think what he was trying to do was try to make it clear, like, look, we definitely take the regular season seriously. It's not like we just don't care. It's not like we are like, oh, let's just show up and see what happens. But there's a different level of care. And you can see that with the the way they play. You can see that with 
the way the medical staff made certain decisions with minutes restrictions and, you know, load management and also the amount of times we just Ty Lue waved the white flag and him just saying we were tinkering late into the season. Nico Batum saying don't expect anything till Christmas. Imagine if he said that right now. Imagine if Kawhi said it's going to be a rocky patch, but then it's going to be light and joy. Those comments didn't age well, which is part of the reason why I don't fully believe anything they're saying right now because it's all about the action. But man, they got humbled by saying all those things and not performing and then getting hurt. Now they feel as though they really need to come back strong because it could be the last dance with this team. And I love that. I kind of love that urgency. And so Paul George, was funny. He says at one stage, I don't really like that regular season seriousness comment. And then he goes, you know, it means playing every game. It means making an effort to play every game. What does making an effort to play every game mean? That means that you weren't playing every single game that you could have played. But I don't blame the players fully. I think that a lot... See, that's the thing I'll have to concede. People get really sensitive when I use the words load management because they think it means that I'm saying the players are just refusing to play to rest. I know that it's a person, team personnel, medical staff, plus player decision. What I say is that the players have more pushback than you think. It can't just be that, oh... The stars have empowerment, but then when it comes to this, they have no say at all, and they're you know just have to listen to what the medical staff tells them. They probably take their they take their advice because that's what they are there for, medical professionals, whatever. But when you hear things like that from Ty Lue, not just Paul George, but from the coach, we got to play whenever we can. All this, why would you say that if they played when whenever they could? So what from what I'm hearing, and Kawhi saying load management's not a thing. And Ty Lue also saying load management's not a thing. Does that mean that Kawhi is going to play back-to-backs? That's what it sounds like. Again, I'll say it for the millionth time on the show. Don't expect that, please. I don't want to get your hopes up because I have no sources on that. But the way they're talking, it sounds like he's going to play back-to-backs. Is that even smart for his knees? Especially coming off a torn meniscus? I don't know. But he says when he's available, he'll play. I don't believe that Kawhi is incapable of playing back-to-backs. Of course, he'll never be 100% again because he's got that quad tendinopathy but I think he can play back-to-backs I just don't think it's medically smart and I'm fine with that as I've said many times that we knew what we signed up for with him but with the way they're talking no load management want to play every game we can coming out with the right approach and Ty Lue keeps saying you know we got to do whatever we can in the regular season and let the chips fall where they may in the playoffs last year it was we just want to be healthy in the, for the playoffs and we'll let the chips fall where they may no matter what seed we are terrible approach this year they've realized it and it seems like Ty Lue is just saying all the right things a year too late, but we'll see. As fans, we're patient. We believe in the team. They have a chance to, re- to redeem themselves this year, and it starts with being healthy and having the right approach night to night. And having the right approach means playing defense, which leads to playing at a faster pace. But let me know which one of those three things. Actually, you know what? Forget health. Let's talk about seriousness on a nightly basis, pace of play, and defense. Which one of these three things do you think is the most important? Let me know what you think about anything you're hearing at Clipper Training Camp. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more LA Clipper, LA Sports, and NBA content. And Locked On Clippers, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you hit the comment section. Make sure you subscribe and hit the notification bell so you know every single time we post a video. The only five-day-a-week podcast on your LA Clippers coming to you from a diehard fan who is starting to get excited and starting to gain hope. I shouldn't do this to myself. But seeing Kawhi healthy just makes me think we're going to be nice. Uh, I got to not do this to you guys. I got to be even keel this year. The age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers.